Thank you, mighty Father. So today we are going to take our scripture reading from the book of Matthew chapter number 21 and verse 13. And we are also going to use the text where Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So uh, in Matthew 21 verse 18, the Bible says, And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But you have made it into a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came unto him in the temple and he healed them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of Jesus. So today I'm going to be talking about the value of the church. Why is the church so valuable? Why is the church a valuable asset? I want you to understand that uh, value, as I have reiterated in the previous presentation, is that value means something that is of worth, something that is remarkable, you know. So a value in essence simply means something of worth. If I give you value maybe for your work, I'm saying that you've put effort to it, uh, you've put time to it, you've put your, your talent into it, you've put your gift to it. That is why you need to understand that a salary is not only the hours that you have logged in, but a salary is also a reflection of time. To say we have taken your time away from the things that you were supposed to be doing. And number two, it is also a reflection of your skill. To say we appreciate the skill that you have. Also, it is an appreciation of your experience and education. So embedded within a salary or a paycheck is not just money. There is a value attached to that money. People always say that this is my hard-earned money. I've worked long hours for it. I've put too much time studying. I've put too much time away from my family just to earn a paycheck. And that is the value, you know. So it is very important to understand the dynamic of value. And uh, we are living in a generation where we should not assume things. We should not assume that people know what is the meaning of a rainbow. You know, if you ask somebody what is the meaning of a rainbow, they'll just tell you the reason why a rainbow is there. They'll just tell you a rainbow is in the sky because it is raining or it is just soon after raining but if you look if you read the book of genesis you understand that a rainbow is a sign or a token of god's covenant with noah where god said i will never again destroy the world with water so a rainbow in the sky a lot of people do not understand the symbol maybe people who are not christians or even christians do not understand what is the significance of a rainbow people are so much accustomed and attached to the colors that the rainbow have but they don't know what is the meaning what is the covenant behind it what is the message god saying to the entire humanity about a rainbow so a rainbow to us speaks a message of covenant and faithfulness that God spoke to Noah and even up to now Noah lived way back uh, we don't know how many millions of years ago or how many thousands of years ago but from that time to now God has not destroyed the whole earth with a huge flood of course there have been epoches there have been events whereby there was a flood here and there but those are not the kinds of flood that God was referring to however we also see that in that covenant that God will destroy the world or God will destroy sinners and the, the enemy of God and the enemies of, of God. God is going to destroy them with fire. So um, destruction definitely will come. The wages of sin is death, but there is death eternal. 
So somebody may say, when you come and preach to us, when you come to evangelize, you say that uh, you receive life. I'm already living. And people so people are confused. They say, I'm alive. And you say, I'll receive life. What are you talking about? Number two, they say that you say, we are going to receive uh, eternal life. But we all die. When you preach to somebody and say, you are not going to die and live forever. But they'll be so confused and say, but everyone is dying. People do not understand that beyond death is an eternal death. So there is another death that is going to come and that one will be a death of fire and torment. Oh my God, fire and brimstone in the pit or in the lake of fire. So God will destroy the world. That is going to happen. There is no prayer that can substitute it. There is no prayer that can suspend it. There is no prayer that can disqualify it. It is imminent. It is something that is going to happen without a fail. That is why we need with hearts that are trembling and with hearts that are yearning, we need to come before the throne of God with boldness, in total surrender, in total humility so that we may receive grace and mercy in times of trouble. So it is very important, brethren, that we always nail our life back to the cross. We always nail our life back to God because He is the giver of life. Therefore, life belongs to Him. Him. So today, as we are going to go deeper into the word of God, the scripture where we have read, the Bible says, And he said unto them, it is written, that the, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. So what is the value of the church? Number one, if you're writing down, you need to understand that the church is not a building. The church is not a building. A lot of ministers or a lot of Christians were actually panicking during the lockdown season this year. They were panicking because people were not allowed to gather in churches. And they were panicking that, oh, I think the church is now being fought. I think the church is now being destroyed. You need to understand that God says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you need to understand that the church just changed the form from gathering in body form, people gathered in their homes. So homes became the place where God dwells. So you need to understand that church is not primarily a building. People can evacuate a building. People can leave a building. The church is where two or three are gathered, which means yourself, yourself and your friends, yourself and your neighbor, you are a church where two or three are gathered calling upon the name of the Lord. A church is established. So you need to understand that the church is not destroyed with a lockdown. A lockdown is too small. The power of a lockdown is very little to be compared to the power that the church holds. And there is no man with that authority to close the universal church. When I talk about the universal church, I'm referring to the ecumenical community. I'm referring to the Roman Catholic, Methodist, and Pentecostal. I'm referring to all the churches that call upon the name of Jesus Christ. So there is no single person with that power to close the church because the Bible has declared that I will build it and the gates will not prevail. The gates may huff, the gates may puff, the gates may bark, but the gates will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Glory, hallelujah. So you need to understand that the church is not a building. 
Churches can gather without a building. That is why you see that there are churches that gather under a tree. And there are churches that gather in a mountain. There are churches that gather in a football pitch. There are churches that gather in a ba basketball court. There are churches that gather even in a classroom. There are churches that gather even at a home. If you look at the New Testament style of churches, there were churches in homes. They were growing from a home. You just need to understand that a building is just a mere shelter. But what is the significance now that comes to a building in order for it to become, to become a church? You need to understand that where the spirit of God is there is liberty and you need to understand that light cannot share platform with darkness so the only thing that makes a building consecrated is the art of setting it apart when we anoint a building and say we are asking you father by your blood that this place be consecrated for a divine purpose it means that it has become an instrument of God if somebody comes and steal even a desk from that place he acquires a curse because he's stealing from the house of God everything within it becomes vessels of God so you need to understand that the secret behind a building is that it is consecrated so if a building is not consecrated and people are just gathering anyone can come and steal a door pan or even a window pan anyone can steal anything from there but when it is consecrated it becomes instruments of God those things are no longer ours they are God's that is why a heavy curse comes upon such people a heavy hand of God comes strongly upon those people some even give in to madness some even lose their lives some even come back and confess so you need to understand that a church is a body of believers a church is a body comprised of believers it is not a building we may find any building we can use even a place that was once a beer hole and we can consecrate it we can sanctify it for a divine purpose after we do that it is no longer a beer hole it may have the same shape but it is now a place where God dwells so wherever you find opportunity to minister wherever you find opportunity to preach to two or three people you have the potential to establish a church in that place because the church is a body of believers who are coming together in harmony how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity for there God summons a blessing it is the like the fresh oil that ran down the beards of Aaron down his garments even down his toes it is like the Jew of Mount Hermon so you need to understand that God summons a blessing whenever people gather God gives his presence God gives his power not only his omnipresence but God also gives his manifest presence and God not only gives common grace but God gives saving grace in that place so you need to understand number one that a church is not a building rather a church is a community or a body of believers there may not be a building but if there are believers there then there is a church and number two you need to understand that a church is not only only hymns the mystery of a church is that church is not only the church pews no it's not only the aisle the church is not the pastor the church can continue even without a pastor elders can lead the church deacons can lead the church people without titles or portfolio can lead the church that is why you see that Saul of Tarsus going to Damascus he was just a general murderer he was just a serial killer he was just a man with a bounty on Christians hunting Christians while least Peter was being taught 
Paul was raised, was training himself to become a murderer, to become a killer. While Easter, James and John and all the disciples were being raised, this guy was in the doldrums, no portfolio, nothing but zeal. And God met him on his way to Damascus and he was turned into another man. So you need to understand that God can use anybody. So number two, the church is not the pastor. Neither is the church the benches. Neither is the church the, the clothes that we wear to church or the hymns that we sing in church or the prayers that we make in church. That is not where the value of the church is attached because people can, can sing hymns with their lips but their hearts are far away. People can, can have a title of a pastor but yet they are satanic and diabolic because the Bible says that beware of those who are wolves in sheep's clothing. So you need to understand that anybody can play the role of a pastor. People can play, can be so dramatic. Anybody can perform things that are prophetic. People can dive into divination and come into the church masquerading as the children of light. So you need to understand that the church is not the presence of the pastor. The pastor may not come to church um, and, and the church goes on. The pastor may not attend church early, but the church goes on. People may not sing a hymn, but the church goes on. The elder may not be in church that day, but the church goes on. So you need to understand that the church is not built upon any other person except the person of Jesus Christ. So that is number three. So the church is not the pastor there. The church is not the deacon there. The church is not the congregant there. The church is not the, that person without a divine portfolio. The church is actually established on the foundation, the rock, Christ Jesus. The church is not built on Peter. Peter means a small rock. Petrus, which means a small rock. But when Jesus said, I'll build my church upon this rock, the word rock, he was referring to Deca, which means a big, humongous rock. So he was referring to himself, rather. That text is always confusing people to say the church is built upon Peter. Listen to me, the church is not built upon St. Peter, neither is the church built upon Mary, because Mary gave birth to Jesus, so we venerate Mary. No, Mary was just an instrument, just like the pastor in your church, just like the prophet who comes and delivers the word, just like the apostles who come and build and establish churches. These are just vessels that God used in his favor, in his grace, and in his glory. So number three, you need to know that the church is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my God. The church is not built on humanity. The church is built on the spiritual entity who is Jesus Christ, both men and both God. The church gets its value from this aspect, this third aspect, that it is built upon a man who is man, God. Man, God. The church is built on a man, God. The church is built upon Jesus Christ. Oh my God. So we understand if we look at the fiber of Jesus Christ as we have explained in the part one that Jesus is 100% God. So the church is premised in God. The church is rooted in God. If God is immovable, it means the church is immovable. If Jesus is powerful, then it means the church is powerful. If Jesus is the healer, that means the church has the capacity to heal. Oh God, <laughs> glory, hallelujah. If Jesus can heal, then it means that the church can operate in healing. If Jesus is peace, then it means people can find peace in all. Oh God, is somebody hearing me here? Then if Jesus 
Jesus is rightfully the Messiah, then it means that people can find salvation in church. Glory, hallelujah. If Jesus is truly a Messiah, then it means that people can be saved in the church because he says, I will build my church. No man is helping him build. He is building his church through his pastors, through his people in his church, through his leaders in this church, through those that he raises, young people with no name, young people in the doldrums that he is raising. He is building his church. There is no pastor able to build a church. Using cement to build a building is not building a church. Using bricks to build a, a building that, that is a cross does not mean you are building the church. You are just establishing a building that you can even lose the, the papers for the mortgage. That you can even lose to the bank. So that is not building a church. A church cannot be bought by the bank. A church cannot be repossessed by the bank. The church is built upon Jesus Christ. He is the firm foundation. Which means that the church therefore it gets its value from the person whereby it is built. The church is receiving its value from the person of Christ. That is why he is a venerated figure. He is the epicenter. He is the pinnacle. He is the apex. He is the center. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the stone that even religious leaders who were trying to build a church were ignoring. So you need to understand that the value of the church comes up from this perspective. From the men that it is built and promised upon. So when we look at the fiber and the character of this man, we see the attributes of the church. We see what we can benefit from the church. Number one, in him there is healing. Oh my God. That's why he's called Jehovah Raphael. Oh my God, because he is our God who healeth us. Which means when we come to church with sickness, he does not look at your condition. He does not only give you a drip and a pain ease pill. He does not give you grandpa. He does not give you brufen. He does not give you all sorts of things like that. But he gives you his power to heal. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. Usha. And he went about doing good, healing all those who are sick and those oppressed of the devil. So you need to understand that God anointed him with the grace to heal. So in the church, when you enter the church, when you come with mental sickness, when you come with heart issues, when you come with physical sickness, financial sickness, whatever sickness can be named, his name comes after him. His name describes him. His name is definitive of his personhood. So we see that in the church we are getting even healing value. We are getting even a bonus from the personality of the man whereby the church is built. It is built upon him. Therefore we get the things that are actually his because he has the title deeds. Yes, the soul mandate. That is why the Bible says to those whom he, who received him, he gave them power to become the children of the most high God. So you need to understand that when we are now bought by the precious blood of Jesus, healing is ours as children. So this is the value of the church. If you are sick out there, when you enter into the house of God, you are guaranteed that our God is a healer. And the fact that you come and do not get healed, do not change the fact that our God is a healer. The fact that you come and you go back sick does not nullify that he is still the same yesterday, today and forever. Healing, saving, delivering, rescuing. So number two, you need to understand also 
that is called Jehovah Jireh, which means he's the Lord who provides. So because the church is built upon the person of a provider, there is enough in church. There is more than enough in church. That is why you read uh, the book of Acts. Um, it says that uh, when the church was growing, God added to the church. And when you read again, it's, uh, if you read further down the scriptures, the Bible says, and God multiplied upon the church. When you read further down, you understand that the word says, and God increased upon the church. We move from glory to glory. Glory, hallelujah. Psalms chapter number 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, O God. So you need to understand that when we are now part of the church, we are part of an embassy of healing. We are part of an embassy of provision. We are part of an embassy of abundance. Glory to Jesus. So you come to church penniless. You walk out in abundance. That is why we enforce these things. Because upon the Abrahamic covenant, God called Abraham out. Not only that he should worship God broke, but that he should worship him in riches, even in his abundance. God took the children of Israel out of bondage so that they may worship him. But while is they are worshiping him, they have titled deeds in the promised land, eating grapes and corn, enjoying themselves in the land of Canaan. So our God calls us to a church because in church are riches. In church, in church is our provision. In church is our substance. What is it that you are lacking today? Are you lacking peace? There is more of it in church. Are you lacking money? There is more of it in the house of God. Are you lacking joy? There is more of it in the house of God. Are you lacking friends? There is more companionship in church. So you need to understand that the character and the person of the men whom the church is built upon are the very attributes that gives the church value. Oh my God. Number two, he is Jehovah El Elyon, the most high God, which means coronavirus is not above him, but it actually bows to him because he gave him a name that is above every other name that at the mention of this name, every other thing that is lesser must bow. And the Bible says he is the head of the church in Ephesians. So if is the head of the church, we are the body. If you lift someone's head, you also automatically lift the body, which means as he's rising, we are rising. That is why the Bible says, and you placed all things under our feet. Because he is rising, we are elevated with him. We are in the same lift with him. For God is an undertaker. He is not an undertaker. So he is the most high God. That is why the church is high. That is why the church has higher authority. That is why the church has higher power. That is why the church has higher grace. That is why the church has higher anointing. So you need to know that this is the value attached in church that you need to discover where every time that you walk into the church you need to understand these attributes that those are the very packages that you should be expectant of because expectancy as people say it is the breeding ground for a miracle it is steering up a miracle because he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him and the bible continues and say you are the lord our banner 
You are the Lord our banner, which means you are God who fights with us our battles and we win those battles and we take territory. It means this ground where we are is God's. It means this body that we have is God's. Our mouths are God's. Our monies is God. Everything that we have, our houses are God. He is Jehovah, our banner. That is why you see that in America, when, there was, when they were journeying to go to the moon, America and Russia, you understand that um, America, after they landed on the moon, Neil Armstrong, etc., all these guys, they pinned down the American flag to say we are taking territory, we are giving ourselves a name. So is our God. When you come to church, God gives you a name. God gives you an identity in him. Oh my God. We are engrafted into the commonwealth of Israel. We were but a wild vine. We were but a wild fruit. But he dressed us and gave us another. We were engrafted into a good fruit so that we can produce good seeds. Konra Eshkobe Trasumbla. You are Jehovah Shammah. God who is there. So when you come to church, you need to fear not because he is God who is there. He is there in your job. He's there at your workplace. He's there in your future. He's there in, in the things that you have never thought of. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of greatness. Thoughts of abundance. Thoughts that are higher. For my thoughts are higher than yours. And my way is higher than yours. So God is God who is there. You don't know what will happen to you tomorrow. But he fully knows. And he's control. And if you trust him, he's going to hold that tomorrow for you. He comes back and says, don't worry. For they that wait upon me, I will renew their strength. They will run. They will not grow weary. They will come against a, a, a confusing situation, but they will not get confused. This is the power that we have as a house of the living God. As the house of God. I can go on speaking about Jehovah Tidkenu. Speaking about Jehovah El Shaddai. The almighty God. Speaking about Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, our peace. All these attributes are the ones pumping in the value of what it means to be a church. Oh my God, isn't this a wonderful thing to be excited about? So when you say I belong to a church, you are not belonging to something that many have built. You have not come to a, a mountain that cannot be touched. But you have come to an innumerable company of angels. To the city of God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Please share this message with somebody. Somebody needs to know what it means to be a church of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to know what it means to be a part and parcel of a church. That is why it is very important that you should invite your friends. You should invite your brothers. You should, you should not keep quiet of these good things. You should not keep quiet. You, you can't buy ice cream and enjoy it by yourself. You can't buy a milk tart and enjoy it by yourself. Or a mint cake and, and enjoy it by... No, 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 no. You'd want to share it with your friend. You'd want to share it with your spouse or loved one. You'd want to share it with your boyfriend. You'd want to share it with that person that you appreciate and admire. So why can't you share the good thing? Why can't you share the church? with somebody else or somebody. The Bible says how God anointed the very person of Jesus. We has all these attributes with the Holy Ghost and power that he went about doing good, healing all those who were praised of the devil. Which means that the very same Jesus who is Nisi, Titkenu, El Eroi, uh, Shama, Jaira, Rapha, ah, that same El Elyon God is anointed with the Holy Spirit, which means this is now a double team. 
John chapter 14 because they thought that Jesus is yes he is the church yes we have found the church we have found the man as John has said but now he's about to, to go but John chapter 14 verse 1 says that do not let your hearts be troubled but believe you in me <laughs> hallelujah John 14 15 16 talks about now the coming of the Holy Ghost Jesus is saying I will not leave you alone but I will send you another one the paracletos one who runs beside you one who rides who who is just the same as I am but this one now is vaporized this one now is not limited to a geographical location because you see that Jesus as a man although he was God he was limited to one geographical location in one location they would seek for him they would seek for him in the other they had to go and search for him in specific in Galilee or in Nine or in another city or in Jericho but you need to understand that he says that now I am going to send you the Holy Ghost and when I send you the Holy Ghost this Holy Ghost whosoever believes oh my God according to the prophet the prophecy of Joel the Bible says in those days he will pour out his spirit upon our flesh black white Caucasian Hispanic or yellow everybody upon the face of the earth down in Africa where there are no instruments down in Africa where there are no church buildings down in Africa where there is no no resource down in Lodiba down in Kenya Saudi Arabia in Iraq where there is war down in those places the Holy Spirit has been poured without measure all you just need to do is to thirst just like the woman who was at the well he said ask of me and I'll give you waters and you will never thirst again for I'll give you waters that are living living waters oh my god the reason why people float in the Dead Sea it is because the water is dead even the fish can't survive there but he is the living waters anything that comes into him multiplies flourishes replenishes. So you need to understand now that the very same person of Jesus whereby the church is built, the very same person of the Christ is endowed with the power of the Holy Ghost and that same Holy Ghost he has given unto us. Oh my God. This is more weightier than I believe. This is more weightier than I. This is more deep than one could fathom. Oh my God. And did you know something about the Holy Ghost? <laughs> you need to understand that the death of the church or the death rather of a human being is the eviction of the human spirit from the body. <laughs> so a person is pronounced dead when his human spirit is checked out. The body remains, the name remains, the lipstick remains, the hand remains, the heart remains, all the body parts remain. But when the spirit checks out, the person is pronounced dead. So what is the death of the church? The death of the church is when the spirit of God is evicted out of the church. So the spirit of God gives value, gives authenticity. <laughs> gives the weight your glory to what it means to be a church oh my god is somebody hearing me here so this is the value of the church that where the spirit of God is if people gather but they gather in the flesh without the Lord they gather in vain if builders build without him they may build doctrines carnal doctrines they may build commentaries they may write hymns. They may sing them. They may have 
marvelous voices, no discord. But the secret of the church is the Spirit of God. Is the Spirit of God. And this is the value of the church, that whenever you come to the house that is built upon the person of Jesus, he is built and endowed with the Holy Ghost. So when you come to the church, when you leave that gathering, there is a rub of God's Spirit upon you. Even so, that when you go back home, you still carry the essence of the church. That even when you are in isolation, you feel that you are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses. You are not alone because the Spirit is there with you in the lavatory, in your dining room, in your bedroom, in, in, at your workplace. He's right there with you. Oh my God. So this is why you need to invite somebody to church. The church has value, brother. The church has value for your life. The church is your life. And in closing, I want to say this, that the person of Jesus has got a title called the Christ. And Christ simply means Savior, Messiah. So the value of the church is that a church is giving eternal life to people under the sun. Which means after death, there is a guarantee that you will live eternally in peace. Others will live eternally in torment. But the church has become a rescuing place. The church has become like the Ark of Noah. Oh my God. I don't know if you can hear me right now with your heart and with your soul. If you have backslidden, this is the time to rededicate your life to the Lord. This is the time to give again your life to our Lord Jesus. So the church is like the Ark of Noah. There is a soon coming destruction. There is a flood coming. There was a flood of water, but now there will be a flood of fire. But heaven becomes the ark. The church becomes the ark. It becomes the embassy where you go and get a diplomatic passport. Where you are told that your citizenship is in heaven. You don't belong in hell where Satan dwells. You can't share the same room with the devil. You are not the same. Don't you know that you are God's? Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that the church gives life eternal to many. Oh my God. The church has become the place of salvation and redemption to all people of the land. The church has become that heart. And so today, if you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to give your life to the Lord Jesus. I want to pray with you right now. If you desire this eternal life, you may not be sure that if you die today where you are going to go, but if you desire this eternal life, I want to pray with you right now. Say with me, Lord Jesus, tonight I've heard your word. Your word has cut my heart. Your word has cut my spirit. Lord, I accept that you are the Lord in Christ, that you are the Savior. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Wash me today, Lord, from all uncleanness. Wash me today from the powers of iniquity. Wash me today from the powers of transgression. Wash me with your precious blood. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways, O oh God. Write your laws in my heart. And write my name in the book of life. That even on that day when you shall appear, that I might be found up amongst the righteous army, among those that feared you, Father. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive you, Lord Jesus, in my heart forever and ever. Please dwell in my heart and abide in my heart. Make room in me, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. If you have prayed that prayer, I believe that you are born again. I believe that you are saved. You need to look now for a Bible-believing church in the mighty name of Jesus. And before you go, I want to pray for you right now. That the God of peace may rest upon you. Father, I pray for my friends right now. We have received you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that you have called and convicted through this preaching. Lord, I pray that you change their lives, you transform their lives for the better. In the mighty name of Jesus, establish your kingdom with us. I give you praise. I give you glory. Amen and amen. So tomorrow we are continuing with part three as we continue with the value series. May God richly bless you and may God keep you. I love you with the love of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.